Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, he's Pat, and we're back to recording this podcast on Sunday evening, just a matter of hours before the Washington football team, just a matter of hours before, a matter of hours after the Washington football team lost to the New York Giants by a score of 20 to 19. So for those keeping score at home, when I'm talking about score, the Washington football team just lost to a team that had all of zero wins entering this game. Uh, they were considered to be one of the front runners for, uh, for the tank for Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, which I guess we're going to talk about inevitably. Um, they're considered to be one of the very worst teams in the NFL. Um, and instead, the Washington football team picked up yet another loss to a division opponent, which is par for the course these days. Um, Pat, I really, 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 really hate the New York Giants. Like, if I had my hatred scale out of 100, Dallas is the solid 100. But, like, the Giants are really, really firm 98 right about there. And even with that being said, like, my sentiments towards Dumpster Danny is, are very, very, very well stated. Despite all of that, I'm actually just kind of – that too. I'm just kind of numb with this loss. I don't, I don't know whether it's because we got close – um, or whether you just remind you're reminded of how much this team has just got awful, and by this team I mean the Washington football team. But I, I'm just I'm like I just I shrug my shoulders and I'm like whatever. I'm curious to get your thoughts after this. Yeah, I mean we've won four games now going on. Uh, well, today was the sixth game or one in five, so we've won four of our last twenty two games. Uh, you know it's. It, same old, same old. Um, I actually really had kind of semi-enjoyed today's loss. I'm sure if Redskins fans are listening to this, they're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, only because uh, here in Seattle, I don't get the game on TV, so I, I shell out $400 a year uh, for stupid-ass Sunday ticket, which isn't even great. But, like, it's the only way I can watch the skins because the NFL does a great job of, of wiping the internet clean of, of game feeds. Uh, but because of that, I'm always a little behind. And like similar to you, I've cut the cable. I, I use YouTube TV all the time. And generally YouTube TV is about 20 to 30 seconds behind, but I've gotten used to the fact that like it's close enough that you can still text your buddies in real time. Yeah. Sunday ticket though is like a full minute behind. Uh, so today we're like marching. It's 13, 13. There's three minutes left. Kyle Allen looks like he's going to lead us to victory. And then I just get a string of texts from Explosive. my buddies that are just like, ha, 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 ha. And my buddy Alex just texted, Pat, don't watch. <laughs> and literally, <laughs> as, as I'm reading this, you know, you see the fumble, the scoop, and score. And I literally start laughing. I was like, only the Redskins. Yeah. Like, like, I know we harped on this. Uh, at least I have a bunch of times. And I, I love when – last week we talked about putting feathers in our cap. But I love when we – we say things and, and then JP Finley like three weeks later talks about it. Well, Daniel dimes, Danny dimes is now four and 15 as a starter uh, and three and zero against us. Yep. <laughs> uh, so it's official. Uh, you know, I, I, look, we both thought coaching would get us to at least six wins. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that would have been true if we had like a full off season. Uh, but like, here's the story. We're not very good. Uh, and it's pretty much the same team as last year, and it's still dumpy. Uh, you know, I'm going to come out and say, I know we'll get to it, but I fucking love the two-point conversion. Um, you know, we can we can get into that if you want. But the fourth downs, going for it, like all that stuff, like Ron knows we suck. And if the only way we're going to win is that, then so be it. And if we lose, then we're right back where we started, so who cares? Um, look, 
No one wanted that game to go to overtime today. No, we are no, we no, are, no, no. We are really bad, and um, you know we're a game out of uh, game and a half now out of first place, depending on what happens with the Cowboys tomorrow. So, you know, thirty years later, I'm I'm numb to the I'm numb to the losses at this point. Um, I understand the fan base melting down, wanting to throw Ron to the wolves because like that's just what they do, but. Uh, another loss, no loss to the Giants for that matter. <laughs> uh, firmly puts us in the tank for Trevor world. We won't get him because the Jets are Jets are special. So, uh, so getting to the Jets, here to the Jets point. Um, my friend Dash, fellow contributor to the Hills of the District, off and on, he texted me during the game. He goes, Do we beat the Jets if we played them? And I told him, I can't give you a firm answer to that question. I said, We maybe. do with Flacco. I said, do we, do we really? I think we do. I texted him maybe or probably, but I would not bet good money on it. A a substantive amount of money. The worst thing that's happened this year of all the bad things that happened is beating the Eagles. Yeah. Somebody made that really good point that they're like, our prism or view is is now completely corrupted because of the fact that we beat the Eagles. Right. Um, Regardless of that win, Mirage or not, it's pretty safe to say, especially after losing to the Giants, that look, we're one of the two worst teams in the NFL. Atlanta won today, so now they have they have a win. But I would I would if my life depended on I would, and then we played Atlanta, I would absolutely ten times out of ten put money on Atlanta over us. Atlanta actually has talent; they are just an awful team for a variety of reasons, some of which still mystify me. Um, yeah, so we're one of the two worst teams in the NFL, which, if you want to look at it from that perspective, puts us very firmly in the tank for, insert quarterback name here, sweepstakes. Um, we joked about the, going back to your point about, um, you know, saying that they'll win five or six games, just surely on coaching. That would mean we would have to win four or five of the next 10 games. That's not happening. I, I can, we can pretty safely say that's not going to happen. So we're probably looking much more down the barrel of another three or four win season. So, yay. Um, I want to go to we'll hopscotch quickly down to the riverboat run thing as well, touching on that, on building off what you were saying. Um, I was firmly actually in favor of going for two on going for it at the end of the game. I might have misspoke in terms of what we were texting each other, oh, but I was like, "There we no, go." I, I'm a hundred percent like you do that, right? Because yeah. exactly what you said. Nobody wants to see this game to go to overtime. No, and I love the fact that I killed him or I didn't kill him, but I I, I did chide him for lack of a better description last week when he punted on that fourth and one i thought it was the worst thing that he had done since he arrived in washington and that includes benching haskins which i was not against um but going for it so on the opening drive he went for it on fourth and one which we converted um and then there was the fourth down right that the stupid analyst whoever was covering the game was like they shouldn't have gone for it after the the josh ran into our was it mark slareth i didn't recognize it was it really mm-hmm. I didn't even catch that. Well, and uh, Adam Amin, who's pretty um, good. They were like, you shouldn't have gone for it after. Like, they should. I was really surprised about that call, like, after they ran into our punter, and it was fourth and short after that, and then we hit Inman for the – And we pinned them on, like, the half-yard line. Right. I was like – I mean, yes, the field position game was nice, but what doesn't matter considering our defense can't stop anyone, our offense is so – erratic i i love the fact that puts momentum that gets got that sh- kicks your guys in the ass a little bit and obviously that drive ended with the fade pass to logan thomas for the touchdown um so you know it was what it was so i i loved it um you said it i don't want to harp on it right now the call was good 
in terms of whether or not we should go for it. The play the call play call was terrible. Entirely separate question. Um, also, for those who think Allen would have gotten to no run in, no no like go god, go no, go watch no. how much ground Peppers closes. Oh my god, no! And I saw that. I, I watched several replays of that play. No chance. Peppers would have Peppers would have blown him up. Absolutely, it would have been another situation. What Ramsey did to him last week, it would have been the yeah. exact same thing. Um, yeah, and no, I. I'm not going to harp on the two point. I, I think people who think we should have gone to overtime, and if dad, if you're listening to this, you could take yourself out of this because uh, I don't mean to come at you. But if you wanted to kick the field goal or extra point and go f- to overtime with an 0-5 team when you're 1-4, and like, dude, you're soft. Let's just be real here. You need two yards, just two. Would you rather go for two, a chance to win it with two yards, or rely on a coin flip and then go – and rely on your defense to get a stop or, you know, yeah, our offense is going to go 75 yards for a touchdown. Like, come on. You go for two every time. I loved it. Play call was atrocious. Uh, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Uh, and if you, if you make it, then you're two and four. Everyone's hyped for Dallas week. Yes. And if you don't, well, guess what? We suck anyway. So who cares? We've won four games in our last 22. You have to look at it from that prism. That what if it went in? I know ifs and buts are candy and nuts and all that shit, right? But like, what if it worked? Think how different the conversation is, even after beating a, a god awful New York Giants team. But think how different the conversation is if it worked. All of a sudden, now you've got you know some momentum, whatever you want to refer to it as, in terms of going into Dallas, as you just said. Um, you can start considering that you know we can find five wins of the next ten. It looks a little more realistic than when we where we're sitting today. Uh, it, it, you have to look at it from that perspective. That's a binary decision. It didn't work. But what if it did? You can't, if you're, you know, if, if you're putting money on roulette, you can't be that angry if it, you know, lands on black versus lands on red. Like you have a 50-50 chance by a large. So like, why are we like freaking out over it? it, it now, if you'll freak out over the call and we'll get to that a little later. Yeah, sure. That's an entirely separate story. But the decision, no, 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 no. That was the right decision by all, by all means. Yeah, the... Uh... The other thing that I think is important here is a, this is a little off topic, but it kind of fits what we're talking about. Uh, a lot of people I've been really critic, you know, since Ron bench Haskins, people are very quick to be like, well, if you're going to bench him, you need to hold the rest of the team accountable. Well, guess what? He fucking has he benched Apke. Martin wasn't even the backup today. Um, and he benched somebody else. And I forget who, who said benching was, uh, but somebody else was benched. I'm just trying to blame that. Yeah, I can't think of who else it is, but go for it. Regardless. So you have that. So for people slamming him for not being accountable, like he's been more than accountable. He, if you're not, if you don't play well, he's been very clear you're not going to play. On the flip side of that, the latest thing that's come out is the mixed messaging, which I understand to an extent, right? Uh, But I don't think there's a mixed message within the locker room. And I say that because. Every single player, when asked about this two-point conversion, said, I expected Ron to go for it. Logan Thomas even said, apparently, in the huddle, I expect Ron to go for two if we score here. Kendall Fuller was like, Ron wants us to win. I respect it. Khan was like, yeah, I anticipated us going for two. Every single player in the locker knew what Ron was going to do. Like, for those of you who want to, like, get into all this thing going on, Ron's just trying to win as many games as he can with a dumpy team and he knows he sucks and he knows if they go to overtime, we lose because we're not good. He knows we're not good. Um, 
And I, I bring that up because there was a Morgan Moses quote earlier in the week that I like legitimately loved. Yep. And they asked him about the Dwayne Haskins benching. And he was like, Ron sat down in front of all of us and told us what was up. And we all, you know, were in agreement. Like Moses, like we haven't had a coach sit down and tell us what's up like that ever. Um, so the reason I'm bringing all this up is the two point conversion and seeing how everyone in the team was like, I agree if there's a silver lining, it seems to be that the players trust Ron and that's a big win to me because we suck. <laughs> We're not going to win many games, but Ron's also not going anywhere. Uh, so we need that buy-in. So that's kind of where I am right now, which sucks. It's not like week six and I'm already talking about well, players trust the coach. You never want, <laughs> you never want to hear that week six. Uh, but that's my, that's my little spiel on um, going for two, because if all the players are all in on it, there was no hesitation. Do it again 10 times out of 10. And you're right. Conversation is totally different if it's completed. Um, so that's where I am. You can't sell the idea that you're going all in to win when you kick the extra point there. You can't no. I, I agree with everything you just said. Like you can't sell that in your locker room. You lose credibility. It's not that he needed to do it to maintain credibility, but it's on brand. It reinforces the messaging that he is putting into the locker room that he is preaching to the guys every day. When you are in the midst of the battle, so to speak, and you make that decision, it reaffirms everything that you said from Monday through Saturday and the things that you preach and the things that you go out and tell the media that, look, I am trying to win games, exactly what you said, right? Then you can't play defensively and trying to kick the field, uh, the extra point there. And I know this is ridiculous, if not, you know, kind of taking a bit too far, but it's like you're extending the game, you're extending potential for injury, you're putting your offense and your defense out there unnecessarily instead of just one play, all the marbles, yes or no. And that's what happened. Yeah, I'm a little fired up about this, so sorry if I'm hijacking this conversation a little bit. Do it. But, like, for those saying, you know, well, Ron didn't call those timeouts against the Cardinals when we're down two touchdowns, like, yeah, he didn't He didn't call those two touchdowns or timeouts because we were down by multiple scores and our offense fucking sucks. We can't score. You want to know why he went for two today? Because if we go to overtime, our offense isn't going to win the game. Like, you're two yards away. You have to, you have to roll the dice. Um. And also, side note, if you're a Giants fan, you got the softest coach in the goddamn NFL. It's fourth and goal from the two-yard line. You're up 10-3 against a 1-4 team, and you're kicking field goals. Also, it's fourth and two from, like, the 38, and you're punting and taking delay of games. I mean, Joe Judge almost won us that football game. That's how stupid that team is. Sorry. Well, I was – I texted the Giants fan, like, dude, your coach is softer than – Charmin. Charmin. Yeah, whatever Kobe said. Um, yeah, so I was all in and Ron, like, I don't give I don't give two shits about the mixed messaging. Go for it every time. Uh, also, we also are just really bad. So that's that. Any ire directed towards the Giants, we welcome in for ranting, because I agree with it. Um, as I said, I we lost to fucking Daisy Dukes and I, I I'm still, I, I'm going to get angry about that at some point, probably like later I'll be like in the middle of working tomorrow and then I'll get really, really angry about that when I remember who it was against. Um, the giants won their fourth in a row against us. If there was one thing that really pissed me off, it's such a stupid trivial fact. And yet it's the same. It's so on brand for us. The giants didn't punt in the first half. For all of our talk of our vaunted defense and all our first-rounders first along the defensive line, we say this conversation every week and stuff like that, 
the New York fucking Giants with Devontae fucking working on the street just a few weeks ago, Freeman at, at running back, a bunch of dudes. I know Darius Slayton's a nice player. Um, Golden Tate's way, 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 way past his prime. And then a bunch of other guys. Like, I don't mean to kick someone when he's down or he's injured. The guy who was carted off the field, best wishes to him. Hope he gets healthy. Hope he has a long and productive NFL career. I'm pretty good about knowing the most obscure players in the NFL. And I can probably tell you something about a lot of them. Never heard of that dude in my life. Never heard of him entering the game, right? Still not hundred percent sure what his name is. Right. And we lost to the, we did, we, that offense almost moved at will against us as well. And it's just so, so frustrating to watch the same horror movie over and over again. My friends and I on our Slack thread, we were talking about this during the game uh, for the last 20 years. Once again, we remain every team's drought ender, right? Like if any team is a drought, a, a bad streak in their thing going for them, a bunch of bad luck, like a dark cloud hanging over them, we fix all those things, right? Like just the stats today, again, just reminding you how terrible everything is and how terrible it is to be a fan of this team. The Giants only had one play of 40 yards all season. I think they had multiple today, at least one for sure, but they had multiple, to, if not, you know, they had one, if not multiple today. Um, 145 attempts in nine plus quarters for Danny, for Danny Jones not throwing a touchdown pass, and he did so today. Um, the Giants had 35 yards in the first two I plays. It, I think it's like more than that. I think it's like 16 quarters. Some, it, even better. Even better on that, right? We allowed 35 yards in the first two plays. That fucking uh, Evan Ingram, because we can't cover tight ends, and then Freeman ripped off a big chunk, right? All of these things. But and, and then pretty well. And then the, the, the ribbon on the bow on all of this or the ribbon or whatever, the, whatever metaphor I'm trying to go to um, 14 points off turnovers today. There's your difference, right? Between Kyle's fumble and the interception that he threw, which we'll get to in a little bit as well. Uh, we handed them 14 points. Not going to beat anyone. We, our offense can't move the football in general and we can't overcome the fact that we're handing the other team points. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that fumble was brutal. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the touchdown pass to Slayton was a dime. Uh, in the bucket, he got hit. Danny, Danny got hit by while he uh, threw the ball. But we lost the game today when the Giants scored seven points in the fourth quarter off the fumble. They had the ball for one minute. Yep. <laughs> and we lost. Uh, I don't know what's worse, not forcing them to punt in the first half or losing even though they only scored – points in the second half off our own mistakes um, because they had that one really long drive that Kendall Fuller picked off. And, if, and it, we'll get to the three of three down. I, I fundamentally disagreed with your honorable mention of Chase Young. I need more out of Chase Young. If he's going to be, if he's going to be like hyped as he, I mean, he's been really hyped, right? Mm -hmm. Really hyped. Yep. And that pick from Kendall Fuller is the second week in a row, by the way, that is directly caused by Chase Young. It took for the Giants to have a really bad scheme of a pulling tight end one-on-one with Chase Young for him to cause any sort of disruption. He's going one-on-one against one of the worst offensive lines in the league. I expected more out of him. And I think that's what happens with the, with the defense. Like, if the, if the defensive line doesn't ball out, we are screwed. Because, like, linebackers, not good. Bostic, might as well cut him. Um, Everett, I like him a lot more than Apke, but he's still good for at least one 15-yard penalty a game. Uh, Landon Collins, trash. Um, and so I, I don't know what's worse. I don't know 
Oh, come on. Sorry, I'm watching the Dodgers Braves game at the same time. Pickle. Double play. Wow, they just ran into it. Um, the, I don't know what's worse. Either not giving up or not allowing them to punt. And they, I think they had, they scored, what, 13 points in the first half? Um, and they should have scored more because their coach is soft. Or letting them score no offensive points in one, one minute in the fourth quarter, and we still lose by one. Also, the line for Vegas ended up one half. Tip of the cap. Really? Yeah, tip of the cap. Um, I did text you. I, I did. I will give the defense a little bit of credit. I, I texted you, like, if the defense wants to be what they say, they will get a stop right now. They got said stop with like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, it's the only time the offense for the Giants, I think, touched the ball in the fourth quarter. So the defense ended up doing their job. But like, you're right. If we can't overcome two turnovers, that's showing how bad we are. Also, that pick for as bad as it was. Like, I don't know what Isaiah Wright was doing. I don't know if it was a terrible play call from Scott Turner, but like, Oh, that was a bad play. Uh, Are you talking about the fumble or are you talking about the interception? The, in the first interception, quarter? The interception. Oh, I'm going to go into that one. I, I, in, that, that, in one I don't know if it was just a terrible throw, which I think it was, but also, like, we had three receivers all in the same fucking area. Oh, I'm going I'm to get into that because I, I, there's, there's plenty to talk about on that one particular play. Um, I want to get into your Chase Young point. I can't disagree with you because – Chase Young is supposed to be not the same player, but almost as impactful, if not more impactful in many cases, than what Nick Bosa was last year. And we're not getting the same level of production from here. Um, I just little, I think the entire ship is so goddamn rancid that everything is screwed up at, the, at this point. But yes, I'm not going to oppose it. I think I put him in the honorable mention because on a, several plays, on several key plays, you saw him flash by the screen and you saw him help cause havoc. Now, whether it's because it was because they were playing against, I think it was a second round offensive lineman. They put at left tackle when they benched Andrew Thomas. By the way, left turn. I want to make sure that I reiterate for any Washington fans listening out there, and especially for the New York Giants fans out there, Dave Gettleman's one of the worst GMs in the NFL. That he's guy so is, bad. he's so, he is, he's the, so bad. he is 1% evolved from a Neanderthal. That's what he is. He is a, like he's not even the Geico caveman because they're more refined than he is. He is a fucking moron. And Andrew Thomas with the fourth pick is just laughably stupid. Uh, just, you know, building one year after dra- drafting Davies, he do so the sixth pick when he could have easily gotten him at 17. Right. Um, he's so bad. He has no idea what he's doing. He is one of those guys that he just, he sees a 300 pound football player and just drools and and because he doesn't really have any other reaction to anything else i mean he's the eric trump of football gms there's just no other way to put it right like he's just he's worthless and um seeing the fact that they benched andrew thomas a top five pick in the game which was i I, it was a chef's kiss um anyway chase young that's that you're gonna end up being kind of trash i wrote about this when i did my draft preview that he was really, really technically sound. He has a lot of like, he's very toolsy. He's very athletic. That's kind of the movement where we're getting to with offensive linemen, but there's also a floor with him in the sense that he could also be very average because there's not like this freak show, like the other guys that they drafted, like Mackay Becton in New York, who's the, a lot of people consider to be the tackle. Like that guy's steamrolling people. He's also, if you, if you he's talk also to, like seven, five, 400 pounds. Even that, right? Like if you talk he's to so Jets big. fans, 
And you're saying, like, give me any silver lining for this season. I think number one will be Adam Gase should be fired or will be likely will be fired. Will be number one. And number two, they're like, Makai Beckman's a beast. Like, that's their two best things going on for them at the moment. Um, anyway, and like, so yeah, him, the guy in Cleveland, um, the Alabama guy, I forget his name. And then there's another offensive tackle that I'm missing. But like, those guys were studs. And then Thomas was like, all right, he's the most fundamentally sound of all of them. But like, I, I don't know. I, he went to Georgia, right? I'm not making that up. Oh, I didn't like Tristan Orps, the Buccaneers guy, although he's doing pretty well too. Yes, he did go to Georgia to answer your question. Worfs um, is pretty good. At least he's playing well. Who? Tristan Worfs. He's Worfs. up and down, but he's he's also a super duper tool. But like he's got that freak show athleticism, which like Thomas didn't have. He was just a little up and down. He had his play like Jane moments in between his play like Tarzan moments. Um, but um, Khalil Mack gave him what's up, but then Khalil Mack does that to a lot of people. So in that Buccaneers-Bears game, I think it's Thursday night a couple weeks ago. Um, Cam Sims got honorable mention on my list just because, you know, the touchdown catch. It's like, okay, right, you know, he beat Logan Ryan. God, how many times do we hear Logan Ryan's name today? It's like – A lot. I felt like we were listening to, like, Troy Polamalu or something like that or, like, watching him because, like, all you heard all game long is Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan ain't that good, right? Like, but you heard his name all goddamn game. My favorite part of the game uh, had to be when Logan Thomas scored, and I had to make sure that I reminded you that Logan Thomas scored on a fade pass. Super fade spreader. Catch. Yeah. Um, what an fu to Jay Gruden. <laughs> this we finally fade. we finally scored on a fade. Great throw too. It was a good shout throw. Out, it was a good shout catch. out to Kyle Allen. Well done all, all around. Uh, kudos all around for that one. Um, Montez Sweat, another really nice game in terms of my up. Um, so he sweats good opening drive of the second half. He had a big play there. Um, it was a tackle for loss. I think it was on third and one that forced a punt. And there was a bunch of other instances. I wrote them down. I think they're kind of have them disorganized all over my notes, but he had a bunch of really, really nice plays to Again, just playing really well. Didn't get home quite as much as you'd want, but he made plays today. Yeah, he once played again. Well. Yeah, he played. Um, Kendall Fuller. Uh, in fact, if what a stud. He probably could, should get like the number one star of the game. If you really wanted to say that, like uh, the, so, um, the pass interference on that third down, I gave. I'll, I can. I can say like, fine. It was pass interference or whatever. He made up for that interception at the end. You could probably say that his elbow grazed, uh, grazed the goal line. Um, and to your point, that throw was forced because Sweat and Chase Young were bearing down on Danny on Danny Jones on that one. Um, but yeah, it, they did. They did a really. He did. He was played really well. Or, generate another interception. So that was great. Um, a lot of people mentioned this, a shout out to whoever originally said this, but JD McKissick was probably our best offensive player today. Uh, he, McKissick was good. He ripped off a lot of big chunk plays. So um, still would rather have Gibson playing more, but you know, shout out. I, I do agree. I thought McKissick was pretty good. Also shout out to your boy, Peyton Barber. Wow. He's bad. Yeah. Uh, like every time he touches the ball, I'm like, that was a wasted down. <laughs> Good to see that I can be clairvoyant about some things still. So, uh, so you're you're up or sweat Fuller McKissick. Yep. With shout outs to Logan Thomas touchdown, Sam Sims first Chance touchdown, Young. and Chase Young. So I yep. put Chase Young in my. I almost put him in my down, but he did force the pick. Uh, so I, I kept him out of there. My my number one star of the game was Deron Payne. I thought interesting. Payne played, I thought Payne played great, uh, most because he's a guy that like eats up the line and you never hear about him, which in a little bit of a way is a good thing. Cause he's, you know, he's a tack, D tackle. You don't want him to, uh, you don't, 
basically he he shows up for two reasons. One, they double team him and there's a huge gap and they're like, what the hell are you doing? Where he makes plays and say he, he batted a ball down. He controlled the line of scrimmage. Like against, if Payne wants to be really good, he needs to kind of take the next step against yes. good against good offensive lines. But That's every time point. we play, every time we play like a mediocre to bad line, he pretty much dominates the middle of it. Uh, but I thought he played terrific today. So he, he got my first up. Uh, Fuller, like, Fuller's got four picks in four games. Um, and he's halfway to Josh Norman's career Redskins INT record. Uh, that dude's been worth every single penny. Uh, you know, everyone was mad when we traded him for Alex Smith. Uh, he was drafted by us. We groomed him. Now he's back. And uh, not only that, his PFF grade is one of the best in the league. He's, like, trending for low-key all-pro status. Probably won't make all-pro because we're the, we're the Washington Redskins. Uh, but, like, he's in consideration for that, which he'll make the Pro Bowl, I'm guessing. I, he's kind of got a D'Angelo Hall vibe to him right now. He might not have another INT all year, but he'll still make the Pro Bowl. Um, and then my last one was Dontrell Inman. And it's because I've been really hard on Inman. Uh, I think he takes snaps away from AGG, who's now hurt. Uh, I think he sucks. Um, <laughs> he's our number two wide receiver, and people want to know why we're bad. It's because he's our number two wide receiver. Dontrell Inman's our number two receiver. Uh, but, hey, when you have a good game, you call a spade a spade. And he had like four first down catches today. Um, and so, uh, give him a shout out. Uh, my honorable mention, Scherf. Uh, mostly because he played the whole game and he seemingly played pretty well. Offensive line, by the way, today, way better. Um and I also gave McKissick a shout-out, an honorable mention, because I thought he played well. He's shifty. Also, Gibson was like two broken tackles away from a huge day. Ripping a couple. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. would oh, – man. Uh, I'm going to roll into down, and I'll pass it to you because I'm, I'm on a roll here. Do it. Uh, and I'm going to leave – I'm going to leave my last – my top down, I'm going to leave for last because it's going to segue, I think, to what you want to talk about. Now – for those listening at home, I don't know if this will be his number one down, but it's my number one down. I think it's going to be theirs. Uh, so starting with defensive speed, speed in the defensive backfield, specifically Landon Collins. You want to talk about really dumpy organizations and franchises? Daniel Jones outran Landon Collins for 50 yards. <laughs> uh, he outran our entire team. The only person that caught him was uh, the people's corner. Like, defensive speed, terrible. If, it, if Daniel Jones is out running you for 50 yards, we got problems. Uh, so, first down was that. Second down is uh, Sadiq Charles. Uh, it's a little unfair to put him in my down, but uh, I think low-key, he's a huge key to our future. If we're going to be good as a team, he has to really be a great player for us. Um, and everyone thought he was a steal in the fourth round. Uh, most people thought if he went back to LSU, he'd be a first-round pick in this coming draft. Very young, super talented. Uh, and I was very excited that he finally got on the field. And on the second play of the game, he went down on his own accord. I don't know if you saw the replay, but, like, his knee gave out uh, with without any contact. So, And he was ruled out with a knee injury. So I'm really worried about him. I put him in the down because, like, we came back from camp, he got hurt. And two plays into his career, he got hurt. I don't know if we're snake bit. I don't know what's what. But, like, if we're going to take 
the next step. We need an off. We need good quality offensive linemen, and, and you know, we might have a wasted year with him. And then my last down, which is actually technically my first down, but I'm segueing for you. Scott Turner's offense. <laughs> uh, I thought it was terrible. Um, like the hard part for me is watching Kyle Allen play because he is a much better quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. He does not have the talent Dwayne has. Not even close. Um, but he plays the position fundamentally way better. So much better. Than Dwayne does. Um, and look, Redskins fans, if you want to get pissed at me for saying that, then so be it. It's the truth. Uh, and the fact that we even have to have that conversation shows you how bad Dwayne is, I think. Uh, but Scott Turner does not put a good product out right now. Um, we, we alluded to the two point conversion. I don't, I mean, I don't really know what was going on with that play call. The pick, the, the pick had three receivers all in the same window. Um, and I just like, there's numerous times when receivers seem to be out of whack. Now Rivera said the offense may take 16 games, uh, but I'm going to, you know, we're six games into the season. Scott Turner, not been impressed. So you're teaming me up with it very nicely for Scott Turner, as you suspected, right? Um, I'm going to get my honorable mention out of the way. Um, probably, I might have been the only person who thought about this, but this really stuck out to me. Danny Johnson is a return specialist. On the opening kickoff of the game, and I believe that's after the Giants' first touchdown, or after one of their touchdowns, he returned two kicks that would have very clearly gone out of bounds and given us much better field position. And he decided he was going to play hero ball, to borrow a basketball term, and take those kicks, and those kicks went a whole lot, of, or those returns went a whole lot of nowhere. Um, he got my honorable mention in down, honorable mention in down because I'm like, what were you doing? Those kicks were going to go out of bounds very, very obviously, and you decided to pick up the ball and let them not go out of bounds, even though you start the, I think, on the 40 or 45 yard line when they do go out of bounds. So, displeased uh, about that one. Scott Turner. A few people on Twitter mentioned this. It's been pretty obvious throughout the course of the season. You said it. I will reaffirm it. There are a lot of plays where there's a bunch of dudes in red or whatever our new colors are, burgundy jerseys, in the same place at the same time when the throw arrives. Our receivers are bunched together way, 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 way too often. You can criticize Jay Gruden for a lot of things. Lord knows I have criticized Jay Gruden for a lot of things. Jay Gruden was a savant at getting guys open and manipulating the way, manipulating He's a great offensive coordinator, manipulating route combinations to make sure somebody got open and coverage did not account for that bunching of players together and the way they would break after that. Right. Uh, Turner's the opposite of that. He is the exact opposite where you have a bunch of dudes together and you could cover two receivers with one corner because they're all in the same area to your point And what we've teased over and over again, that first, that first quarter interception, Wright and McLaurin were right next to each other. One, they yeah, were they literally, literally right next to each other. They were within, literally within 10 feet of each other, if not less. It was ridiculous to see that. Um, Allen, who has no arm strength. I'm sorry, that dude has no arm. It's very, very, very apparent by now, right? He tried to thread the needle into about three and a half giants. And I'm saying three and a half because there's one dude who was a little shallow, but he tried to drop it over Bradford and in and underneath or in front of the two safeties. Um, Bradford very easily baited him into that kind of, you know, drop back, picked it off before he got there. Allen had no time. I mean, he had, 
that didn't have no touch. He just had no, no arm talent to put that ball into the hole that it needed to go into. But more importantly, like the, everybody was already up on McLaurin at that point anyway, because it was Isaiah Wright was right there. Like there was nothing, um, like there was no separation. We did not like if if the in the NBA everyone talks about you know spacing, spacing the floor, and in the NFL, like one thing McVeigh is really good at is spacing out the entire field and using those creases and stuff like that to get his guys open. Turner is the opposite of that, at least what we've seen so far. The interesting play calls that we saw like in week one, to a lesser extent week two, those are gone. And I don't know whether he used all his tricks in the first couple of games and now everyone's kind of caught on to him, but there's nothing, there's no ingenuity that we're really seeing anymore. It's either a couple of route combinations here or there or a bunch of smoke screens to our receivers. That's all our offense is at the moment. Um, so yeah, there's that that interception was just a really really flawed play call. It's less so on the throw. The throw was not good, but that play was terrible. Have you read the Bullock write up in the Athletic about it? I have not read it yet. So basically, Bullock wrote just a very quick. You could tell it was a very quick write up for the Athletic about the two turnovers and uh, obviously the fumble is really bad. Uh, but the interception was interesting because he basically is like, I have no idea what Isaiah Wright was doing on that play call. Uh, either it's just like one of the worst design plays ever or Wright did something wrong. Uh, because, I don't, but like, I, I have no idea. Right. I don't so, think Wright did anything wrong. I think if it was one instance where you had a couple of receivers right next to each other, I would totally give that credit. Mark Bullock knows a lot more about football than I do. So let's start there. Um, but I, I would give that, but there are way, 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 way too many plays we've seen this season where the receivers are too close to each other, or there's another dude really close also, to the dude. Across. One thing, one thing I was annoyed about that play call is they had Emmett on the outside to take the top off. So and he's taking, on the, taking the top off of anything. Yeah. Oh, you, you, exactly. My point is that should have been Terry taking the top off. And then you bring Emmett who's much more possession inside would have been better in my opinion, maybe even right. Cause right seemingly very quick. Uh, but, you know, we, we were pretty uh, excited slash positive of, to your point of Scott Turner early on, but like I was hoping the offense would change with Kyle Allen. Uh, and the only thing that's changed is competent quarterback play. Uh, Cause the playbook certainly hasn't changed. Um, I will say that uh, like that, that three from as much as we're hating on, uh, Turner, that that throw was still terrible. I mean, he threw right, right to the Giants guy. He threw right to Brandenberry. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I saw an interesting point on Twitter. I don't know who said it, um, but they've com- they compared Scott Turner to McVeigh, and yeah, not in terms not a, not in terms of like scheme or anything like that. But basically, they were like the point was Gruden lived with McVeigh for a year. So he could get his feet wet and figure out what worked and what didn't work. Uh, and that we're in the same type of situation with Turner. Because this is Turner's, what, 10th game as offensive coordinator total. Um, hopefully that turns out to be true because uh, we're going to have probably a new quarterback next year. Uh, but, yeah, not, not, not impressed. Speaking of quarterback, we should talk about quarterback. Um, Kyle is not very good. I want to get to my favorite player on the Redskins before we do that. Ooh, and, by, and by favorite, I mean literally the exact opposite of the favorite. Apke? Please be um, Apke. It's not Apke didn't because Apke is not because he's not getting on the field. Uh, that should be that should be in the three up that Apke did not see the field. Um, oh yeah, it's the one only up. I am going to go. I'm going to put on my hot take hat. 
so bear with me for just a moment. Tressway, best pun in the league. Landon Collins is our one of the three worst free agent signings in the Daniel Snyder era. Wow. Top three. Top worst, three. Better or worse than Archuleta? On par. I might give worse because there's higher expectations than Arch Deluxe. Only one that I can markedly say was worse is Hainsworth right now that I can think of off the top of my head. That is how bad I think Landon Collins is. I, I say it every single week and I'll continue to say it every week until this guy has gone off the team. He fucking sucks. He's <laughs> worthless. All right. Opening drive, third and five. Deion Lewis beats Collins out of the backfield, converts down for third down. Jones's touchdown pass to, to Slayton. Collins blitzed, gets picked up by Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis weighs 13 pounds, and he picked Landon Collins blitzed and got picked up by the scat back and, and allowed Danny Dimes to throw, the, to throw the ball to wherever he did, right? Um, on the RPO, I think you alluded to this, right? Jones ran right past him. He bit so hard on that RPO when, when Jones ran for 40 nine yards or whatever it was down the field like every single week i want to pull out the bob slidell quote from the office space like what is it that you do here what is it that you do you don't cover like there was one play where they were like um you know collins is taking the deep part of the field and cover one and that's probably not his area of expertise i'm like no area is his area of expertise there's nothing that is his area of expertise somebody else on twitter credit to whoever did they were like you know what we should do every game is just hypnotize landon collins and tell him he's a linebacker and I'm like, he'll probably find a way to screw that up too. Like, he's terrible. Absolutely terrible. I like the signing when it happened. I praise the contract when it happened. I'm 100% wrong about that. He's god-awful. And I, I am just, he's, he's more overrated Ap- Apke because at least we knew Apke sucked since the day he arrived. <laughs> Apke was an undrafted free agent that we took in the fourth round of the draft, right? Landon Collins had expectations. This dude in the second year, I believe, was an all-pro. This guy blows. I don't know what happened. It can't be affected. Like everyone else has no idea how to use it. He's, he just sucks. There's no other way to put it. I don't think he's the third worst signing we've had in free agency. Cause there's just too many. I mean, Mark Carey was terrible. Uh, Dion uh, insert anybody from that 2000 team on. Um, but to be fair, he, he's not, we, I think we have one more year. In his contract, I like, think we have to play him one more year. He has, yeah, he plays next year, and then we can then we can walk. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that we even have to consider playing him at linebacker is kind of the reason why it's a shitty signing. Um, it's just the safety position has been such a problem for so long. I, I don't really know what to do with it. Um, also, Adam Marchaletto was terrible. Adam Marchaletto was terrible. We we traded him five games into his career with the Redskins to the Bears. Wasn't, that um, really? Wasn't it the second season we traded Arch Deluxe? Regardless. Terrible. Uh, I, I mean, I have a tough time with Collins because I want him to be good and I generally like him. Uh, but again, he's another overpaid overpaid player. Uh, I think he, I don't know, I'm not sure he has a single force fumble um, in two years or a year and a half, year and six games. He had that pick against the Cardinals. Otherwise, he gets burned just constantly. Uh, and and that Daniel Jones also not not only the Daniel Jones uh, play where he ran for fifty yards. There's also a read option where Daniel Jones ran for like six yards and Collins made the tackle. Collins had him dead and rights behind the line of scrimmage, and Dimes made a little bit of a move and got six yards. 
I was like, dude, you got to go and just punish him. Like ever, ever punish Jones multiple times. Um, but yeah, Everett's or not ever. Uh, Lane is not very good. No, but uh, guess what? He's here for another twenty-two games. Uh, more than that, twenty-six games. So, and now we'll get to Kyle Allen. Now we'll use your te- We'll use what you teed up to get to Kyle Allen because Kyle Allen was on my three down as well. But we'll use him as a segue to the quarterback review portion of our usual podcast. Um, Allen. Uh, I thought Allen played much played and looked much more comfortable in the second half than he did the first half. The first half, I thought by and large, he was absolutely terrible. Like he did not look good at all. I think it is really apparent right now. I said this having watched, you know, kind of going through a little bit of his highlights, if you will, in Carolina last year. It's very evident this year. Allen has no arm. Like he has no arm strength in terms of arm talent. You can't put Allen's and Allen and Dwayne Haskins in the same sentence. You just can't. Um, I think you said it best. Like if you put Allen's ability to execute this offense into Dwayne Haskins, things are very, very promising, but Haskins has all the physical talent. Allen has a little bit of sense of how, a little bit of a sense of how to run this offense. Um, So much dinking and dunking. That's just his game. I think that's really where he maxes out. I don't think there's much more that you can say about it, but um, in the second half, he definitely looked much more comfortable. Um, But to the counter my own point, like when it comes back to the, the arm strength, like I think it was the first drive after halftime. He was trying to nail that corner pass to Terry McLaurin. It just fell short, right? Or like, I, I think the corner tipped it or something like that. It tipped like, it. it. It just, it was a little bit of a lo- lollipop throw. Um, yeah. There was that third down. That, by the way, that, that throw is a big boy throw. Like we didn't complete it. It was on, it was on the outside hash on a comeback route, probably 25 to 30 yards down the field. That's an Aaron Rodgers throw. I was going to say, I think upper half of the NFL quarterbacks have a little more zip on that ball and get there before the cornerback would attempt no, it. No, I totally, I totally agree. Like a good NFL quarterback will make that. My point is, is that's a professional. You have a, you have a guy that can win you a game throw. Um, there was that one throw on a third down to Terry McLaurin that just died. Oh yeah, that was dumpy. That, that was a really one of the worst passes I've seen in quite some time. Like it just died at his feet. Uh, that it was it was really really bad. Um, but then like he had that like looping swing pass to uh, to Gibson that was like on, coming out of the backfield, and it's like that's kind of his game, right? Everyone's like, oh my god, it was like that big like arching rainbow throw that like. That, that Gibson took and he ran for a little bit. Um, so like, that was nice. You know, that like props to him for that third down and six run that Rivera challenged to end up being a first down, like the way he stretched out, you know, that was a really nice play that he made. Um, he started to look more comfortable, as I said, a couple of times in the second half, like he was making quick, decisive throws, getting the ball in the right guy's hands. Um, so, you know, he did things. He obviously ran the, you know, ran the offense much better than Haskins has shown at any point in time in the season, however long he's ran the offense. Um, and you have to give him credit that he helped march the team down for what would have been the quote-unquote game-tying touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny about that little Mookie Betts just robbed a home run. That dude's so good. Um, the little swing pass to Gibson where he you know, dropped it over the defender. He's got like three yards. Was the play where I, I literally out loud to my wife was like, Dwayne can't make that throw. No. Um, so those are the little things you get with Allen that uh, are positive, right? Like I thought he, from just a traditional quarterback perspective, played well. I think he is a terrific backup quarterback. 
yep. can come in, knows the offense, won't like lose you the game. Um, he threw a great ball to Sims to quote unquote tie the game. Um, and I thought, he, I mean, like all things considered, I think he is what he is. Like we got to what we we expect out of him. The fumble was disastrous. There's no, there's, I mean, he like I ripped Dwayne in the Browns game for losing this game, losing that game because he single handedly lost that game. Allen lost us this game. Absolutely. That that fumble lost the game. Like uh, I'll just be as just as hard as him as I was in Dwayne. Uh, but I. I especially this season have really latched on to the QBR metric because I don't like QB rating uh, because like a QB rating of 110 could be good, but you could still lose, right? It doesn't take into account sacks, fumbles, things of that nature. You're talking about passer rating versus QB rating. Correct. QBR yeah. from ESPN versus like a traditional passer rating, passer rating for a quarterback. Yep. yep. Um, and I say that because I just checked his QBR for the game, and it was 71, which is way higher than anything Dwayne's had. Uh, and it's actually much higher than I thought it was going to be, probably it's because higher that, than I thought it would be. Uh, but I think like watching him play quarterback makes me like, oh, that's what competent quarterback plays like. And it's not, it's not the shitty part about it is, is like, it's like the Kirk Cousins conundrum. It's like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> uh, but we're so used to watching just dumpster fired trash at quarterback position when someone plays half decent you're like oh that's not bad um look this guy's not going to be our starter next year at least i completely hope not uh i think he was a great backup i think ron brought him in to like have a guy that he's he's ron's colt you know uh he's a guy that's going to know everything kudos to him for not like putting his head down after that fumble and leading us right back down the field uh, to score a touchdown uh, but you know, it, he is what he is. And the reason Ron playing played him is because I think he does give us a better chance to win, uh, which, you know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, we're still, we're still going to lose. Uh, but I mean, he is what he is. He's not very good, but you know, he does little things that you're like, Oh, that's what a quarterback's supposed to do. Right. We get excited when a quarterback does what he's supposed to do. That's how porous our position is. Um, so, you know, I, I think we have I – mean, I think he's going to start the rest of the year. I don't think we're going to see Dwayne again. Oh, I don't think so either. I, I don't think Haskins uh, is, is going to play, bar of, barring a bunch of injuries, and I really hope Alex Smith doesn't get injured. Um, you know, barring a bunch of that, no, I don't think Haskins is playing, and I don't think Haskins is in uniform. This isn't this team's uniform next year. I don't. I just – I genuinely don't. You think we'll trade Haskins before the deadline? No. I don't think we'll trade Haskins before the deadline. Um, I do think we will part ways with Haskins in the offseason via trade. If they do not find any, I think they will find some modicum of value in the offseason. I think some team will throw a six or something like a conditional six at us for Haskins. And um, I do think he'll be in another uniform next year. I, I do believe that. I think that bridge is burned. I'm sorry. I don't care what the, the rhetoric of the lip service is from anyone else. Who's our quarterback week one next year? Drafted or free agency. I'm low-key hoping it is – so we're drafting the top three. I'm not going to tell you what position. Who are you picking? Well, it depends. Do I have one, or if I do not, do I not have one? Let's just let's just say you have the number one. Uh, no, because that's too easy. That's Trevor Lawrence. Right. You have the number. You have the number two overall pick. The Jets are that bad. You have the Oregon left tackle that everyone is 
freaking. I think Luke is Oregon. So Sewell is 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 a yeah, beast. He's everyone's a de- freaking out about him. He's diesel. You could take you could take Lance. You could take Fields. You could take you could take. You could trade back. So my rant about trade back is is well documented. I won't go into that. I don't believe you can trade off the number two pick. I believe the price is too high, and I don't believe anyone else is going to move up in the current situation to go get Trey Lance or Justin Fields or whoever the BYU quarterback is that people are talking about. Um, if it's me and I am GM, I'm taking Fields. I think Justin Fields is 10%, not 10%, that's a, that's a huge number. I think maybe a couple percent step down from Trevor Lawrence. I think, and, but my big hesitation is am I taking another Ohio State quarterback, irrespective of all of that? Um, Fields is a little, carries himself a little bit cock of the walk, but then again, he's a quarterback, so like I can't really crush him for that. But I think Fields is unbelievably talented. Um, but you also have to kind of factor in the that, you know, when you're playing at Ohio State, as we're now watching with Haskins, like you're just so much better than everybody else you play that you don't know how he's going to deal with an adverse situation. Um, so, but if you're asking me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again until I'm blue in the face. I am, as of right now, I haven't done like my true digging into it, but my knee-jerk reaction to Trey Lance is no. And uh, like I said, that's, I, and you have to solve the quarterback position. I think, I'm sorry if it's just a merry-go-round at this point, but like we can't do Kyle Allen again. And I don't know who we're getting in free agency. You have to get your freak show quarterback in place. Like we talked about this last week, like fucking the Bengals are doing this with Burrow. They're, the Chargers are doing this with Herbert. God, Herbert's good. The Jaguars were doing this with Minshew. Minshew, Minshew's in a little bit of a slump at the moment, but the Jaguars are pretty terrible too. But these young quarterbacks, if they can play, they can play. And I think we have found out that we have a guy who can't play or who's not ready to play. The, the Fox NFL Sunday pregame show had a bit on the quarterback kids. And obviously Dwayne was not in there. <laughs> but it was, it was interesting to see all these 23, 22-year-old kids just balling out. And I was just sitting there like, God damn it. Ours is sitting on the bench with sunglasses on. I think Fields uh, is uber, uber, uber talented. I think he's in terms of like a numerical value of talent, you want to call it like Madden ratings or whatever. He is significantly and substantially better than Haskins. And I'm not saying that because the grass is greener, like in an, any sense of objectivity, he's a much better prospect than doing Haskins. Yeah. I'm going to take the tackle. I'm not going to fight you over it. I know. I know. I, I just like, it pains me to kind of take the tackle because I've been harping, literally harping on the fact that we need game changers and we just don't have any. Uh, but I'm going to bank on us spending some money this offseason. I think Ron is using this game. This is 16 preseason games. Yes, he's trying to win. Don't, like, don't get it twisted. But he knows he's got limited to no talent. That's why we went for two today for crying out loud. I think we go sign a quarterback, whether it's Cam, you know, whether it's like – I know you don't think that'll happen, but you know no. it's on the, it's on the table. Uh, whether it's you know a c- c- total cleaning of the house in Atlanta, and Matt Ryan comes here to groom somebody, um, I think we take the tackle personally. Uh, give me some beef. Give me some big old beef on that line because uh, Lord knows we need it. Um, I also just like I'm tired of drafting quarterbacks in the first round. That suck. Unless it's, it's, unless it's Lawrence. It's sad that we're doing this at this point in time, considering we're just crossing the midway point of October. But if you really sit and look at the 2021 NFL draft, as it stands today, 
Like what is the cutoff point between the super duper blue chips and then kind of the everybody else crowd? So you got Lawrence, you got Fields. Depending on how you feel, you got Trey Lance. So that's your quarterbacks. Panay Sewell at, at, a, at Oregon, the left tag you're talking about, he's a monster. So he's in that group. Uh, Jamar Chase, all is wide receiver, he's in that group. And There's a then, lot of really good wide receivers. And then depending on how you feel about it, Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State, probably in that group. And I think I said Trey Lance. Right? I, would, so, I, would, I would definitely take a linebacker right now. <laughs> I think that group is your super duper elite. Like those are the, the, the headliners without being like, without question. Right. Then you got the next group and you alluded to a little bit like Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle at Alabama monsters. Great, great players. Right. Um, got a couple other players that I'm missing. Dylan Moses. I'm actually a little bit out on, on another Alabama guy. And then the rest, I haven't done my homework as much on them so far, but like there's a, there are several good receivers, uh, Rondell Mill for Purdue, among others. Um, but then there's is he the little else. guy. Say he, did he opt out? I haven't I feel like I haven't. He's number four. I think Purdue, he opted right? out. I think he's not playing this year. Oh, I guess the they also haven't started playing football yet. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's probably why. That's probably why I haven't seen him. Um, and then there's just a bunch of guys. So like, I think we need to make sure that we stay in the top five, which I don't think is going to be a problem. But then it just comes down to who do you who do you take? Um, I, I'm Zach Wilson season, BYU sign me up. <laughs> now you Washington fans can get up on that. I just I think, like I said, Lawrence is Lawrence. I'm I'm starting to come around. I need to probably do more homework on all of these guys. But uh, I, I think Fields is uber 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 talented. Yeah, I mean Ron needs to get a quarterback. I I'm part of me is uh like do we just I know it doesn't work, but I mean, what if? All right, I'm going to give you one hypothetical because I do have to go soon. We finish with a second overall pick. The Jets obviously have number one, which puts them in a little bit of a situation. Do you take Trevor Lawrence, which you you do, but the Jets are also the Jets, so you have to take that into consideration. They call and say, "Yes, I know where you're going," and I say, and the question is, and the answer is yes. Or they don't even call. Like, we call them and say, you know, give us Sam Darnold. Do you take Darnold? Or they cut Darnold. They won't cut him. They'll try to trade him. And I would go up to a two for Darnold. I would go a that two? Way. I would go up to a two for Darnold. Even though recognize he's he's broken, he's broken goods. Absolutely. I think Darnold is there. I think if there's an organization that's more dysfunctional than us, it's the Jets. And they've completely ruined him from that perspective. But, like, Look at Ryan Tannehill and like what a smart offensive coordinator. Oh man, Tannehill. Tannehill's balling out. Another hot take. I'm going to put my hot take back, hat back on. I'm, I'm trying to write about this if I have time and, uh, and it works. Tell, tell me why Ryan Tannehill shouldn't be considered an MVP candidate. Dude, he's been great. I, I like next to Mahomes and, uh, and, and those guys. Like, tell me why Tannehill is not an MVP candidate. If you look at Mahomes and Tannehill's numbers, they're the same. It's very quietly the same. So, I think he had, uh, he had three or four more touchdowns today. Houston had them nailed to the wall and was about to put the stake in the heart, and the Titans came back. Now, it helps that Derrick Henry isn't a freaking, you know, he's Cthulhu, the, the dark lord of all running backs. But, like, it, but he had like 240 today. Guy's a monster. Loved him when he was in all the way from the Alabama days. Never, 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 never understood how he fell to the second round. A um, two for a two for Darnold's a bit steep for me, but I'm, I'm I, probably over overreaching on that a little bit. But I point answer but, question. I would, but I, I would, would trade. I would trade for. I would I trade for him. I give him a new contract and just say, "This is my guy. I'm rolling with you." Darnold has shown it. 
Darnold played really well the second half of last year. Darnold has shown he can play if he's in a semi-functional system. And also, having, Gase is just... Was, he's, he's literally one of the worst coaches of all time. Forget, like, a recent... I saw some... I saw... Uh, I think it was... I think it was Matt Miller. Somebody, somebody like prominent who covers football tweeted out, I'm starting to wonder what Peyton Manning would have done without Gase. <laughs> you know, right? he, was the, he was the coordinator when Peyton threw like 60 touchdowns or whatever he did. And he had that one game where he threw seven. Um, coordinator or QB coach? One of the two, but yes. One of the two. Um, I would also trade for Darnold, by the way. I would take Darnold. Uh, um, so to round it out uh, – Dallas next week. Uh, there's nothing else to say. We play Dallas. We'll lose to Dallas. Yeah, they might. It is what it is. It, they're not. I don't think Dallas is going to be that ravaged, considering Andy Dalton is a competent quarterback. Um, Andy Dalton's better than anything we have on our roster at the moment, and they're going to Andy Dalton. And their offense still has Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, who hasn't been playing this year. Um, even if their offensive line is toast, our defensive line as you know is very spotty even with all our first rounders. So yeah. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a whim and say we beat Dallas for one very simple reason. I hate Dallas and I just refuse to pick them. Uh, so I'm going to say we win even if probably won't. Um, but they have Dalton, they have a beat up offensive line. Um, you know, I don't think Zeke's done a ton. Their defense is like, whoa, whoa, bad. Uh, so I'm going I'm to take the skids. You know what? Feels good. I was numb today. I watched the whole game. Didn't really ever get too high, too low. So I'm going to roll with it. I hate Dallas. Like, I hate global warming, ballpoint pens, and peas. And I hate all of them a lot. Um, and I, I don't think we're beating them. Well, I'm taking, I'm taking this. Game. As you should. I F hope so. F I hope I am 100% wrong. Um, yeah. All right. Actually, I we, can't do that anymore. It's not our logo. <laughs> thank you so much for everyone who's gotten this far into the podcast. As always, the usual plores. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast on all the usual channels, please do so. Um, happy to continue doing this right after the game. Gives us that raw, unfiltered emotions at that point, and we'll try to do so again after the game against the Wretched Cowboys. But until then, we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.